today coming in hot even though my brew is cold (laughs) so cute what are you drinking i got some tea oh so you're coming in hot i'm coming in hot dude check this wrap out real quick oh god wait a rap you're gonna rap right now oh i thought you're gonna rap like a song (laughs) a cute little rap at goodwill check out this rap right now i thought you were gonna like break out into like I don't know. Chris is like, yo, check out my flow. <laughs> that cold brew is hitting you. Hey, I am. Well, I woke up ready to go this morning. I love it. Ready to go. Dude. Yeah. So we're talking about nakies today. The nakies. The nakies. <laughs> hey, which hey. Hey, which hey. I'm Christina. I'm Justina. Welcome to the Magnolia Street Podcast. Wow, 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 wow. We got some fan mail we got to read, right? Yeah. Oh, these were so nice. It was kind of a really nice surprise yeah. to get A, a new listener, and B, like they said, a really nice uh, instant message on an and AIM. Yeah. Also, what well, you guys haven't told you this, because we don't really, we don't advertise this anywhere, but we do have a YouTube's. And sometimes we put the episodes on the YouTubes and we got a YouTube comment. We actually been getting a couple comments from this guy. They're really nice. Chai guy. Chai guy. Today's your day. <laughs> Things are following us on YouTube. It's really nice. Um, there's no visuals over there. It's just a, it's just like a little wait screen, but you get the whole episode over there as well. If you are more into the YouTube than Spotify yeah. or Apple Podcasts. Right. Yeah. Cause I know some people like to have YouTube on in the background while they're doing stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just nice, like if you want to listen in and you don't necessarily want to have to watch something. And also, what's really awesome about YouTube is it's a search engine, it's run by Google. So, literally, if you're searching anything, Practical Magic, Practical Magic Fandom, we're, we're probably one of the first things that pops up. Can you type in Practical Magic Movie Podcast? Let's see. Practical Magic Movie Podcast. We're not on that. We're not on the first page of that one either. So you have to you have to actually type in Practical Magic Fandom Podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, we are on the first page. We're just really far down. Better than nothing. Better than nothing. But we did come up under Practical Magic Movie Podcast. We're just a lot further down. Because like a lot of other people have done like one-off episodes of mm-hmm. about the Practical Magic Movie. But are mm-hmm. they a fandom podcast like we are? So that's solely Practical Magic. Yeah. oriented it's all we talk about we're obsessed they have written in before but the uh last comment they left a couple days ago says it's so fun to visit magnolia street with you guys three exclamation points i just started work at a victorian mansion in my town that still has the original furniture and belongings to the former owners it's a very magical place with lots of ornate treasures and decorations and i enjoyed listening to this podcast when i polish the silver or help in the gardens dude you and i have to talk because i too have to polish historical silver at my job i like the smell 
Uh-huh. Some people don't like the, the cleaning smell. And I don't get how silver polish works every okay. time. It is like magic. Like right. you got this black silver, you rub this little stuff on it and boom. It, I, I asked my boss, I was like, do you know how this works? He's like, I have no idea. So I got to look that up. Like maybe like have some no kind idea. of chemical compound that obviously reacts with the silver. Oxidizes. Oh, I have no yeah. clue. Yeah. Maybe Chai Guy knows, but he continues, the aunts would adore the mansion and gardens, I think. Houses are very magical places, and the Practical Magic House has a special place in my heart. Thank you, guys. And this was on our Victorian architecture episode, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah, awesome. And then we have another message from Nick M. from Instagram. And Nick says, girls, you have no idea how great it is to listen to your experiences. I'm so glad I found the podcast. I'm such a fan of the movie and I became a Wicca witch myself over the years. So it feels like finding a second home beside the coven. First, I was doing it all by myself, like a solitary witch, what I really like. But I found a coven in another state from where I live now and I've been trying to be part of it for most of the Sabbaths, like rituals and stuff. So thank you for sharing. I'll keep listening and enjoying your friendship from afar. That was sweet. (laughs) Thank you, Nick. Yeah, so it's it's cool to... uh, it's like this is kind of like a little virtual little coven the the community that we're kind of building it's just nice to support it's our neighborhood (laughs) yeah welcome to our neighborhood on magnolia street it's like wisteria lane but better yeah not without without all that drama without all the sex sometimes sex (laughs) well today we're talking about not sex but kind of something that you have to be when you have the sex kind of yeah let's right. talk about sex baby that's the second time salt and pepper came up in the past two days <laughs> what is that song you were singing i could not find it but i know exactly the beginning of the song you yeah were singing. it's like here i go here i go here i go i said girls what's my weakness man what song is that i don't I'm know that now whatever song that is we're gonna put it on the the playlist but yeah so we're not necessarily talking about nudity in a sexual kind of way today right we're talking about nudity in more of a magical way and how you can practice magic and I guess enhance your magic with being nude and they call that sky clad yes ma'am yeah um have you ever done sky clad magic I can't say that I have okay I've tried once yeah, and it was, it was just that- me basically running around outside like Wait, you, were, I, you did it outside yeah and I don't know if it was for like my first Beltane or something like that I, I was by myself and um I was living in California it was dark we lived like in the middle of nowhere you know back okay. back street and I was like I'm just I had shoes on and I had like a towel and I was like I'm gonna run around outside <laughs> so I did I ran around for about 30 seconds and then the motion sensor light came on. <laughs> and I was like, whoop, and I ran back inside. Oh my God. But like nobody was out there. So who would have seen you anyway? But right? so we lived in the pool house of the people who we were renting from. So they were <laughs> there. So I don't know if they saw or not. The motion sensor went off. That's fucking funny. I can't say that I can do that around here because I'm in a more suburban area. Everybody in like a five like second radius not even five mile like literally right next door to me everybody's got a motion sensor light so I could literally just like walk across my front lawn and somebody would probably see my naked ass would you do it in your house or have you done it like in the bath bath magic yeah I guess you can consider bath magic yeah I guess you consider that sky clad right yeah 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 yeah. 
I guess so. Okay. So then, yeah, but in the privacy of my own bathroom, yes, <laughs> not outside. Um, I don't think I'd, I'd, I have the nerve to go streaking. I don't know. I don't think I've ever gone streaking besides that. I guess, is that considered streaking? If you're like, it's not, it's for magic, not for a, yeah, I guess. Okay. All right. But for, but to the normal muggle eye, if they saw a naked ass person running down their street, their first thought would not be, oh, they're doing magic. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wasn't even running down the street. I was just running in circles around the yard. But like, okay. So do you remember what your intention was? Like, what were you working on? I don't mind? even remember. I don't know. That is too funny. I'm just like picturing you like in your bath towel. Just like, and shoes. <laughs> yeah. So you're like just my like, new balance. With tennis shoes on. She's dying over there. This topic today. Ugh. All right. So we are talking about being sky clad and being nude and witchcraft and magic. Because like, if you think of a coven or witches, they're dancing naked under a full moon. And this pops up in the practical magic movie and the books, right? Does it in the book? I thought, wasn't there like only like one instance where like Jillian's like walking in the woods or something like that? It does. But also in magic lessons, do you remember when Maria is trying to do the spell yes. to help Abraham? Yes, that's right. And she that's naked. Right. She naked. Yeah. Charlatan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. Okay, yes, now I remember. Should we jump into the movie? There's not like any, there's no nudity in this movie. This movie is probably the most wholesome you mm -hmm. can get. Mm -hmm. But they do mention it in reference to a solstice celebration. And we all know that scene. So tongue in cheek too. It's such a like, yeah. whatever moment. For right, Jack. right, right. Yeah, it was very nonchalant. Like, oh, it's perfectly normal to be naked under the full moonlight, you know? I love it. So this is the scene where Sally gets the call from her sister Jillian and she has to go, you know, she's got to make these travel arrangements to leave to go save her sister. She's rushing down the stairs and she's telling her aunts she's gonna take the first flight out of logan blah 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 and then aunt jet she's like yes dear just go to jillian the children will be fine and then she kind of gives franny that look she's like we'll take them to the solstice celebration and sally owens who clearly has had her own solstice um experience with the aunts who knows at what age who knows we don't know the backstory which we're gonna get to in a second because i did some ai generating so sally's like no no why can't you two just stay here and franny is like no dear we can't back out at the last minute we're on the committee like what committee is this <laughs> <laughs> the committee of solstice celebrations right 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 and also if they're on a committee that also means that they must be part of a coven which i'm like i want to know more about this coven mm -hmm. you know because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we kind of talked about in another episode like if they're the only witch quote-unquote witches on maria's island they have to travel to yeah. this event and maybe that's why they have the whole evening yeah. sally and jillian have that whole evening to kind of dispose of jimmy and then the girls come back in the morning uh-huh midday mid yeah. brunch Brecky, um, <laughs> well they do come back in a taxi right they come back they in a taxi do. so they might have like been coming from the airport you know what i never i'd never looked to see if that taxi was the same kind of taxi that took uh sally to the motel but it would have been a different state probably right i always thought it was yellow so anyway so yeah then uh franny's like we're presenting and then jet's like yes she just, she's like, yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta do it. We can't back out. <laughs> Sally's like, all right, fine, but I don't want them dancing naked under the full moon. And what does Aunt Jet say? I love this line. She's like, 
No, the nudity is entirely optional, as you well remember. So clearly, Sally must have had her own experience as a child, dancing naked under the full moon. So later on, after the whole Jimmy debacle and Jillian is staying at the house on Magnolia Street, the aunts return from their solstice trip with a very excited Kylie and Antonia, and they could be seen getting out of the cab with flowers adorning their hair. They run into the house. They can't wait to tell Sally all about how they danced naked under the full moon. They're like, oh my god, it was so fun. And you could kind of see Sally looking at them with a bit of a stern look. She's like, oh, like, oh. Yeah. yeah, like, like what the fuck, Aunt Jet, Aunt Francis? I thought I told you no dancing naked. But then they realize Aunt Jillian's standing there, and then the scene kind of shifts the focus before she can kind of get, like, you know. Evan Rachel Wood's acting in this scene is really good. Yeah. Like, I think she, like, her the pitch of her voice and her jumping around like she's just being a kid it's so perfect yeah she was always like just like a great actress even as a kid like how do you channel those kind of like feelings and emotions to Mm -hmm. act as a child like that's that's just bizarre to me i'll never i'm not an actress i'll never understand it so props to her so question do you think Sally ever gave the aunts an earful for going against her wishes for having her children dancing naked under the phone? What, do you think that was ever a conversation? Like, what the fuck, man? I thought I told you no. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> I think Sally, as soon as Jillian shows up, she is so busy yeah. trying to keep things from falling apart. That I think the girls dancing naked is just really on the back burner. She's like, oh, now I got Gary at the doorstep. Now my sister's possessed. Like the aunts are gone. You know, it's just one thing after another. That was all before Gary even came to town. Mm -hmm. That was just like, that was pre-shit hitting the fan. But she's definitely gearing up for that. Like you could, she's bracing herself. Jillian's just a tornado. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they ever had that conversation. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. But I always wondered because I'm always like, well, she was she 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 seemed very adamant about them not having them not dance naked under the full moon, and then mm-hmm. the aunts were like, ah, it's fine. What's she gonna do? Yeah. What's what's the term? Uh, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness or something. Totally. Like that. Yeah, yeah, that's totally, Jet and Franny's way every day. Total that mentality, one hundred percent. So when when Jet tells Sally the nudity is entirely optional, as you well remember, it always made me wonder, like, what Sally's solstice celebration experiences were like with the aunts as a child. So before we dive into the books, I wanted to have some more fun with some fan fiction. I asked Chat GPT the following: <laughs> Because we're never gonna have that story i don't think of the girls growing up anymore between like when they showed up in rules of magic to the practical magic like there's i don't think we're ever going to get that slice of time where they were active in magic yeah because practical magic's supposed to be so like uh, like a whisper of actual magic happening right right so tell me this wilhelmina a ingram (laughs) fan fiction (laughs) So I asked ChatGPT, write me a practical magic fanfiction in which Sally Owens experiences her first solstice celebration as a child with her aunts Jet and Francis. Did she choose to celebrate it skyclad or did she choose against it? Also, what did her sister Jillian Owens choose to do? Oh my god. And AI actually generated two different responses. One in which Sally opts out of the nudity during her solstice experience as a child. And the second response shows Sally in a more uninhibited nature. So which one do you want to read? Let's do story number one. 
This says, Sally Owens was just nine years old when she experienced her first solstice celebration with her aunts, Jet and Frances. She had heard stories of the magical celebrations her aunts held, and she couldn't wait to be a part of it. On the day of the solstice, Sally and her sister Jillian woke up early to help their aunts prepare. They set up an altar with candles, crystals, and flowers, began to chant and meditate. Sally felt a sense of peace and excitement as she watched her aunts in their ritual. As the sun began to set, Sally's aunts started to disrobe and move around the altar skyclad. Sally felt a little nervous, unsure of whether she wanted to participate in this part of the ritual. Jillian, on the other hand, seemed to have no qualms about I bet. down, yeah, and joining in with the dancing and chanting. Sally watched as her sister twirled around, her long red hair flowing behind her. Part of her wanted to join in the celebration to feel the freedom of dancing in the moonlight without the constraints of clothing. But another part of her felt shy and self-conscious, unsure of whether she was ready to be so vulnerable in front of her family. In the end, Sally decided to keep her clothes on and watch from the sidelines. She was content to take in the magic of the night, watching as her aunts danced and sang beneath the stars. Jillian didn't seem to mind that her sister wasn't participating fully, and the two of them enjoyed the celebration together in their own way. As the night wore on, Sally felt a sense of connection to her family and to the universe around her. She knew that she would never forget the solstice celebration and that it would always hold a special place in her heart. Years later, when Sally became the head of her family's coven, she would remember this night and the lessons it taught her about vulnerability, self-expression, and the power of sisterhood. Okay, cute. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, you are free to make a decision. And I guess, I don't know if we put that in here at all, but like being skyclad is a personal option. If yeah. you're ever in a coven that requires or tries to insist on you doing this, this is not the coven for you. Okay, right. don't ever feel pressured to do any magical workings skyclad. We'll just put that at the top. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to read the second story? Story number two. Sally and Jillian Owens had heard stories about their aunt's solstice celebrations for years, but it wasn't until they were 10 and 12 years old, respectively, that they were finally invited to participate. Their aunts, Jet and Frances, had recently moved, what, to a small coastal <laughs> town in Maine. <laughs> Here's where it was was off the rails like, and it was there that the sisters were introduced to the magic of the solstice well they do have the main owenses so maybe they right. were like hooking up with the family up there maybe yeah okay the, the celebration was held on a secluded beach surrounded by towering cliffs and crashing waves the sand was warm beneath their feet and the salty sea air filled their lungs as the sun began to set, Jet and Francis led the girls in a series of meditations and chants, their voices rising and falling with the rhythms of the waves. Sally and Jillian felt a sense of peace and excitement wash over them, as if they were part of something much larger than themselves. When the time came to disrobe and dance skyclad, Sally and Jillian exchanged nervous glances. They had heard about this part of the celebration, but they had never experienced it for themselves. But with their aunt's encouragement, they shed their clothes and joined in the dancing, their bodies moving in time with the pulse of the earth. As they danced, Sally and Jillian felt a sense of liberation they had never experienced before. They were free from the constraints of society, free from judgment and expectation. They were simply beings of light and energy connected to the world around them in a way that they had never known was possible. As the celebration drew to a close, the sisters felt a sense of sadness that it was over. They didn't want to leave this magical place to return to the world of rules and boundaries, but they knew that they would carry the memory of this night with them forever. 
and that it would guide them on their own paths of magic and self-discovery. Years later, when they looked back on the first solstice celebration, Sally and Jillian would remember the sand between their toes, the sound of the waves crashing against the shore, and the feeling of freedom that came from dancing sky-clad under the stars. And they would be grateful for the aunts who showed them the way to the world of wonder and possibility. I love that their first thing, it's on a seashore, like it's on the seaside. It's beautiful. In Maine. In Maine. Right? So random. I love that you are embracing the ai yeah as of late you're coming up with some good stuff because there's so much like not 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 necessarily plot holes but there's like you know gaps in the story yeah where you know these sisters this family would have had these experiences that we will probably never know about right they're just eluded right unless alice decides to write about them or you know we see them in another kind of um I don't know, spinoff series or whatever, but I was always curious. I was like, hmm. So in that scene, they alluded to Sally dancing naked under the full moon or having some kind of solstice experience when she was younger. What is that experience? I love that you did that. That was really cute. Down the rabbit hole a little bit. So yeah. Um, But we do have some book mentions of skyclad work, magical workings in the nude. Um, so the first, I guess if we want to go chronologically, we see this in Magic Lessons. So this is on page 255, and this says, Nothing helped Maria Owens, not even the back pages of the grimoire, which contained those spells from, from Agrippa and the Key of Solomon, only to be used in the most dire of times. At last, she performed an act of desperation. She lay on her back, naked on the floor, inside a pentagram she had drawn with charcoal. She was surrounded by burning candles, a brass bowl of blood and fingernail clippings, and strands of hair on fire. She had made a small wax figure, sympathetic magic, of Martha that twisted in the heat. This was left-handed magic, dangerous to one and all. And then there's only one other instance of skycladness in Mm -hmm. the book of magic. Do you want to read that one? Yeah, I just want to touch on, like, I'm wondering if because it's left-handed magic you have to be your most vulnerable to let that darker side in i like personally like shadow work you have to be very vulnerable and that's considered the dark your dark side so that's like the most seen you can be is to to let that darkness out right I I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. We don't see any Skyclad in the Practical Magic book. We don't see it at all in, what's the other one, Rules of Magic at all. It just comes up in Book of Magic on 158. It says, when they were young, Jillian would often stand alone in the wavering heat of summer, naked, deep in the woods where no one could find her. She would close her eyes and try her best to make magic. Standing still as flickering fireflies lit on her shoulders and arms. There was a shadow world, but she seemed the only one in her family who was refused entrance, and she feared that beneath her fragile beauty, she was ordinary. She had tried and tried appealing to the other world until she had throbbing headaches, all to no effect. In the end, Jillian would tread back to the house on muddy paths, her face hot with disappointment, unable to cast even the simplest enchantment. So that is her trying to, I guess, achieve any sort of little magical connection. Because we know her, at least living in Massachusetts or New York, nothing's happening until she goes back to their homeland of Essex. 
right old essex uk yeah and then she sees the uh i guess the figures drifting through devotion fields mm-hmm. right didn't she also see a figure in the inn that they were staying at or something like that she did i don't know if it was the same one or if it was like a cat but she's like i'm being haunted and she goes <laughs> wake sally up <laughs> she's sally's probably like fuck again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But, like, even in the movie, like, we know that she's the one that doesn't have these powers like her sister, right? Right. But she is the one that's more susceptible to the haunting, to the spiritual Mm -hmm. infestation of this dark entity, her ex-boyfriend, Jimmy. It's interesting to me that she's the one that's more vulnerable to this dark energy. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Sally is so very guarded. Right. But Jillian does do magic at the PTA or the, the phone tree thing. She right. makes the, the binder snap. Like, so she can do like parlor yeah. tricks, basically. Parlor tricks. Maybe that's yeah. why she ends up with Ben. She says she ends up with the magician. <laughs> oh my God. I love that connection. Would oh, you yeah. ever consider doing skyclad work? Or it's just not like really, um, you don't find it necessary? Yeah, I don't know. I've never had an experience where I felt like it called for it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who's to say that will never happen. And I feel like also like when you're young and I guess more self-conscious and more, I guess like when you you, you haven't come into your own yet, I don't know. It was just something that I was always like put off by, not put off, but like, just like, oh, I don't know about that. Okay. But But more as like coming into like, and more of an adult, I'm entering my 40s. There's less to lose. I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. Like, it's something like that. I'm like, oh, maybe I'd try it. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'd probably be comfortable it. in a women's group. I don't think I'd yeah. be comfortable co-ed. But, um, oh, no, 100% yeah, not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was the only opportunity I had to do skyclad work. I would do it here. It is more rural. But, like, my neighbors are right there. We're very friendly. They come over whenever <laughs> they want. So I, if I went into the woods, I'd yeah. be fine. But y'all, the mosquitoes oh, yeah. love me. They love me <laughs> so hard. Uh, but I was thinking about that the other night because we're, at, during this recording, getting to the, almost the end of May and the fireflies are going to start coming out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just never had the need to show the moon my taint. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I need to show the moon <laughs> my boob. Cupid's kettle drums Can don't need, please? are not involved in this magic. Can we please put that on a fucking t-shirt <laughs> i do not quote christina quote or no um put it on one of those memes on our uh, instagram the magnolia okay. <laughs> hashtag magnolia street out of context yeah. christina quote i never felt the need to show the moon my taint <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> i'm dying but how pretty would that like be like being in the woods and all the fireflies are oh, yeah. b- bouncing around you? If you glamorize it, yeah, it's a really cool visual in your head. But I'm but sure- the reality of it is like you're probably walking through poison ivy. There are spiders everywhere and you're getting bit up by mosquitoes. And then your neighbor is watching you, you know. I do have to say, though, like I don't mind like going to the bathroom in the woods. I would much rather like pee in a bush than pee in a porter potty any day oh yeah yes i agree i agree we did have a opportunity to do skyclad work with the goddess studio i was going to it was all women the woman's property was beautiful she had this whole studio for like belly dancing and we would hold sabbats there but she also had a big ass pool and we were doing 
I think we were doing like elemental work that day. So we were stopping at each corner of her property. And when we got to the water, she was like, you're welcome to, to jump in. You're, if you, you know, you have a suit, if you don't have a suit, it doesn't matter. I was going to, but I had my period. So I was oh. like, I think I'll skip it. You know, I'll skip. Yeah. Have you ever gone skinny dipping? No, I don't no. think so. I think I might nah. have done it like once. I don't even remember. If I did, it was like a really long time ago. It's a foggy memory. I might have. I don't even really like not having shoes on. Like, I know <laughs> I need to ground. I know I need to take my shoes off and be in the dirt, but I'm like, Ugh. like, oh, any wetness touching my feet. I'm like, yeah, nasty. Oh. that's why I wore shoes out and no clothes. I would have gone out there barefoot. I, I hate shoes. Avi, well, both Avi and my mom make fun of me for walking around outside with no shoes on all the time. I could walk on hot coals. I could probably walk on glass. And nothing's nothing's getting through these. You got those hobbit feet. These fucking uh rabbit skins. It's like <laughs> my feet are rawhide at this point. Like nothing's, <laughs> get, nothing's puncturing this shit. Um, Avi makes fun of me all the time. If I do decide to do any skyclad work, I will let you know how it goes. Okay. Because that would be some powerful shit. Because you yeah. know what? Like through our woods, we can go down to a pond that has like a floating, like a dock. I yeah. think that would be far enough out of the way. Could you imagine like? It's not a huge pond. Floating yourself on the the raft and just like stand like in this opening of trees under the night sky and like Aww. just absorbing the moon that way. That's so pretty. That would be so nice. Be like all like fantasizing about that shit. It's like one thing, but the reality of it could be another. I don't it's know. It's probably more trouble than it's worth. Right. Exactly. Maybe it depends on what kind of magic you're working. Yeah. 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 Like if it's like a self-love kind of thing and to be more accepting of your body and that it's a beautiful body and like that could be very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, who's to say like you don't have to do it outside in the woods? Yeah. Do it in the comfort of your own home. Yeah. Do we want to talk about what Skyclad technically is and what um, some sources have to say about it? Sure. So Skyclad refers to ritual nudity in Wicca and modern paganism. Some groups or traditions perform most or all of their rituals Skyclad. Whilst, I love that word, whilst. Yeah, I do too. Whilst nudity and the practice of witchcraft have long been associated in the visual arts, this contemporary ritual nudity is typically attributed to either the influence of Gerald Gardner or to a passage from Charles Godfrey Leland's 1899 book, Aradia, or the Gospel of the Witches, and such is mainly attributed to the Gardarian and Aradian covens. I don't know too much about all that stuff. Do you? I don't practice Wicca, so I, I really don't know. But we would like, if this is part of your practice, please let us know. That would be amazing to, to learn about, and um, we'd love to share it if you would let us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this Gospel of the Witches contains what he, I guess, Charles Godfrey Leland believed was the religious text of a group of pagan witches in Tuscany, Italy, that documented their beliefs and rituals, although various historians and folklorists have disputed the existence of such groups. 
In the 20th century, the book was very influential in the development of the contemporary pagan religion of Wicca. It has a whole Wikipedia page if you would like to know more. Yeah. Um, so Gardner's Witchcraft Today was published in 1954. The book claimed to report on the contemporary practice of pagan religious witchcraft in England, which had supposedly survived as an underground religion for centuries. Ritual nudity was included as a regular part of Wiccan practice, but in the modern day, it is mainly used by Alexandrian, Georgian, and Blue Star Wiccans. The charge of the goddess, a part of Gardnerian ritual liturgy, does instruct Wiccans to practice ritual in the nude. Gardner spent several years in India and may have picked up on the concept of Digambara Jains, a religious sect in which monks may not wear clothing. I've never heard of, of that. But what is there? So there's different kinds of Wiccans, Alexandrian, Georgian, yeah, and Blue Star. I don't know anything about Neither half of those. What? Okay, so I guess they're different covens. So the coven of the Blue Star and Traditions was established in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 1975 by Frank Duffner. And then I was looking up Alexandrian Wicca, which is a tradition of the neo-pagan religion of Wicca founded by Alex Sanders, known as King of the Witches. What? Yeah, who with his wife, Maxine Sanders, established the tradition in the United Kingdom in the 1960s. Alexandrian Wicca is similar in many ways to Gardnerian Wicca and receives regular mentions in books on Wicca as one of the religion's most widely recognized traditions. Um, it's based largely on Gardnerian Wicca. So it wasn't until 54 or the 50s and 60s that the Wiccan religion started to progress. Right. Or be, or even become what it is. Yeah, it's more of a modern concept, right? It's not ancient. Like, it falls under the pagan umbrella, but right, it's not necessarily eclect eclectic. It's more... I guess dogmatic. I don't know what you consider. Yeah, it seems to have more of a structure than right. a pagan, as we know it. Like paganism, you can kind of pull from be, being eclectic, just like you said. Gardnerian Wicca is seems to have set rules. Yes, to follow more of a dogma, just like you said. Right, right. And then the Georgian Wicca is a tradition or a denomination in the neo-pagan religion of Wicca. It's an organization very similar to British traditional Wicca groups, such as Gardnerian Wicca. However, it does not trace its initiatory line to one of the old English covens. The name Georgian refers to its founder, George Patterson, who founded the tradition in 1970 in the United States. So that's just a little bit extra about those three that we just mentioned, because, like, I was curious. I Yeah, I didn't know it. anything about it. Yeah, I mean, like... I guess there's different covens, just like there's different, I guess, branches of the Catholic Church. Like you have Protestantism, Lutheranism, Baptist, like you have different- right, Orthodox. Yeah, you, there's different, I guess, variations of the Catholic religion. And maybe this is kind of like that. Like there's different right. covens under the Wiccan umbrella, but they all each have a little something different about them. So a little spice. Yeah, a little spice. Yes. <laughs> Baby spice. Baby spice. Um, the origins of this instruction have been traced to Aradia, or the Gospel of the Witches. The following speech by Aradia 
appears at the end of the book's first chapter. And as the sign that ye are truly free, ye shall be naked in your rights, both men and women also. This shall last until the last of your oppressors shall be dead. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Leo Rupi also notes that the traditional and artistic representation of witches cannot be overlooked as a source for nudity in Gardner's system, citing artists such as Albrecht Dürer and Salvatore Rosa. Albrecht Dürer, sometimes spelled in English as Dürer, um, he was a German painter, printmaker, and theorist of the German Renaissance. The other dude, Salvatore Rosa, is best known today as an Italian Baroque painter who romanticized landscapes and history paintings, often set in dark and untamed nature, exerted considerable influence from the 17th century to the early 19th century. Uh, Doreen Valenti, one of Gardner's priestesses, recalls Gardner's surprise to Valenti's recognition of material from Aradia in the original version of the, quote, charge that she was given. Valenti later rewrote the charge, preserving the lines from Aradia. Valenti's version was then widely circulated and reprinted. Accepting Aradia as a source of sky-clad practice, Robert Chartwich points to the 1998 Pasiglini translation of these lines, which reads, quote, Men and women, you will all be naked until, yet, he shall be dead, the last of your oppressors is dead. Chartowich argues that the ritual nudity of Wicca was based upon Leland's mistranslation of these lines by incorporating the clause, quote, in your rights. Ritual nudity is not exclusive to the tradition of Wicca. Amongst those groups that do, only some ritual may involve ritual nudity. The Arishan tradition, as an example, practices skyclad for six months of the year and performs their ceremonies in ritual robes for the other half of the year. Within and especially outside of specific areas of Wicca and Pagan, reasons other than tradition may be given to explain a preference for skyclad worship. Starhawk states in Spiral Dance, the naked body represents truth, the truth that goes deeper than social customs, and, quote, is a sign that a witch's loyalty is to the truth before any ideology or any comforting illusions. So the term skyclad is derived from Indian religions, where the term digambara literally means skyclad. England had close links with India at the time when Wicca first became public in England, so this usage could well have been familiar to English speakers with a knowledge of Far Eastern religions. In particular, Gerald Gardner, who first popularized Wicca in England, was a noted folklorist with an interest in Far Eastern culture who spent much of his adult life in Ceylon and Burma, so it seems very plausible that he could have been familiar with this Hindu term. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so Aradia is one of the principal figures in the American folklorist Charles Godfrey Leland's 1899 work Aradia or the Gospel of Witches. I guess it can go by either or name, um, but he believed this to be a genuine religious text used by a group of pagan witches in Tuscany, a claim that has subsequently been disputed by other folklorists and historians. In Leland's Gospel, Aradia is portrayed as a messiah who was sent to earth in order to teach the oppressed peasants how to perform witchcraft to use against the Roman Catholic Church and the upper classes. Oh, hell yeah. Right, right. right. I'm um, for it. So book the club. Did you say book club? Yeah. <laughs> 
The folklorist Sabina Maglioco has theorized that prior to being used in Leland's gospel, Aradia was originally a supernatural figure in Italian folklore who was later merged with other folkloric figures such as Regusta of Sardinia. Since the publication of Leland's Gospel, Aradia has become arguably one of the central figures of the modern pagan witchcraft revival, as such has featured in various forms of neo-paganism, including Wicca and Stragiria as an actual deity. Raven Gramasi, founder of the Wiccan-inspired tradition of Stragiria, claims that Aradia was a historical figure named Aradia di Toscano, who led a group of Diana worshipping witches in 14th century Tuscany. So this seems, I guess this this has Italian roots, seems like. You're really good at the names, by the way. <laughs> You're really good at those names. They just fucking fly off your tongue. Yeah, fake it's it very- I make but, it. So that is Rome, right? Uh-huh. Roman deities? Okay. Yeah. There's a lot more. It's a rabbit hole, so we'll link this below. Okay. Yeah. This next little bit I pulled up because as Catholics- We are taught from a very young age that nudity, especially female nudity, is bad. Right. Bad. Because Eve fucked it up for everybody in their story, in that Uh storyline. So I wanted to talk about nakedness and the Bible because I feel like a lot of us have that guilt. Like even in our own homes, a lot of the time we were like, we need to cover up. Like Mm -hmm. some of us are not even comfortable being nude in front of a mirror, you know, or in front of our spouse sometimes. I still feel that way. Right. It's totally normal. And this is why, as at least for us in the upbringing that we were involved with. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the biblical story, some for those who don't know, the story of Adam and Eve is the creation story. Nakedness is associated with guilt and shame. After eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which we remember we talked about this, mm-hmm. it was a quince. Uh, Adam and Eve realized that they were naked and felt ashamed. They covered themselves with fig leaves to hide from God. This story has been interpreted in many ways, but one interpretation is that it symbolizes the development of human self-consciousness and the realization that we are vulnerable and mortal. Mm. Throughout history, various cultures have viewed nakedness in different ways. Some have celebrated nudity as a natural state, while others have condemned it as sinful. In Western cultures, particularly in Judo-Christian traditions, nakedness has been associated with shame and guilt since the story of Adam and Eve. This has contributed to a cultural conditioning that views nudity as evil or immoral. Mm -hmm. In the modern world, this conditioning is perpetuated through various social norms and media representations. Nudity is often censored or covered up in mainstream media, while images of scantily clad women are used to sell products, like all the time. Like, it's such a double standard. Oh, my God. This reinforces the idea that nudity is only acceptable in certain contexts, such as intimate relationships or in the context of commercialized sexuality. There's no middle ground. It's like one extreme or the other. Like, you're either naked to have sex or you're naked to sell a product. Like, there's no just, like, naked for the, the purpose of connecting with the earth or just being a beautiful goddess or um like i went to art school for four years and it was very normalized it was just like people walking around naked because you have a life drawing class every friday every friday morning with my i think i have a little bit about that later with my coffee yeah. naked people and it right. was completely fine like my dad is an artist like my dad would go to art classes like as a kid like as a teenager 
he would go to art class and he would bring pads of paper home of beautifully drawn nude women. And it was right. just like, it was not taboo. It was art. So unless you're, unless you're sexually involved and it's just between you and your partner and it's in private, fine. If you're holding a Budweiser on a fucking calendar, that's fine too. But anything in the middle, not right. okay. We don't want to see a woman breastfeeding her child. Right. You know, like why? Whatever. Why do we have these um, restrictions? Because of the Bible. Side. Yeah. There we go. The side right. Yeah. But yeah. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> However, there are also movements that challenge this conditioning and promote body positivity and acceptance of nudity. Naturism, for example, is a lifestyle that celebrates nudity as a natural state and promotes body acceptance and respect for others. There are also artists and photographers who use nudity as a means of expressing beauty and vulnerability. Ultimately, the way we view nudity is shaped by cultural and historical factors, as well as individual experiences and beliefs. As anthropologists, it is important to study these factors and consider the ways in which they shape our understanding of the human body and our relationships with others. So I wanted to touch on a, pretty much what Justina just said about college. Uh, I, too, attended college for uh, for a fine arts degree, and during that time, we did use life models in our class. Those are the nude models that you you hear about so studying the line and shadow the shape and form after the first lesson which you do feel kind of like uneasy like you are in that person's personal space yeah they are opening themselves up to you in that way um you do feel that awkwardness but you know you're not supposed to be looking because it's someone's like safety suit basically is mm -hmm. off and it's private and dirty to look at your own, never mind somebody else's. Though I knew even in high school that I really wanted to study the human form and how it relates to the environment around it. Like I was trying to work within like life model studies. And my my shop teacher was like, that's fine. Like you're doing a great job. It's beautiful. But don't let like the higher ups see you doing this. I was like, okay. So probably because for so long I would, I'm still, I'm uncomfortable in my own skin. I think we all are to some degree, you know? Right. Of course. And after a while, that was all I could see after taking these life courses was line and shadow and form and how this line connects to that line. It was no longer like a sexual thing, like, or I was feeling awkward about being in this person's vulnerable presence. But after a time, I was actually approached by my professor. She was a female professor. And I was asked if I would be interested in posing for the life classes that semester. And I said, sure, because it was $20 an hour. Oh, shit. Um, it was really hard, actually. It was like one of the hardest gigs I've had to do. And I almost passed out twice um, because like you're, you're standing, standing there for so there. long, locked in like a position. And I, yeah. I was feeling lightheaded. So I said I needed a break and I was going to walk out. And I like tumbled into the door trying to get out. Oh, my God. Um, so it was very hard. So I really applaud those people who can do this. Yeah. But the most awkward thing was honestly that a high school friend of mine was going to be taking that same class eventually. And he was so nice. He approached me very kindly um, before beforehand. And he said he'd be taking the class. And was that okay? Um, and I've said, like, of course, it's fine. It's just skin. Let's get the weirdness out in the open. It'll be fine. And it was, it was totally fine after that. Have I talked to him since then? Absolutely not. Does he remember <laughs> this? Probably not. But in saying that, we wanted to share some examples in which nakedness and nudity are seen in a positive light. 
In ancient Greece, ancient Greek culture, nudity was celebrated as a symbol of athletic and aesthetic excellence. Athletes competed in the nude at events like Olympic Games and sculptures of new figures were re revered as works of art. Many Native American tribes saw nudity as a natural state and practiced nudity in daily life as well as in rituals and ceremonies. African Tribal Cultures In many African tribal cultures, nudity was seen as a symbol of beauty and strength. Body paint and other adornments were used to enhance the beauty of the naked body. Hinduism in Hinduism, nudity is often associated with asceticism and spiritual purity. Naga sadhus, for example, are naked holy men who renounce worldly possessions in pursuit of spiritual enlightenment. And then we have Renaissance art. In the Renaissance period, nudity was celebrated as a symbol of beauty and sensuality in art. Paintings and sculptures of naked figures, such as Michelangelo's David, were revered as masterpieces. And I just want to say, the, the Statue of David, my parents, from the time I was born, have had the Statue of David in our home. He's a looker. I don't <laughs> care that it's disproportionate. His hands are massive. Like, can I, wait, wait. So every, every holiday, my mom would, like, dress him up. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cute. We have, like, pictures of, like, David with the Santa hat on. Or, like, oh my God. David with, like, cupid heart or like something for valentine's day he has like hearts on him do you have these pictures somewhere like yeah I have oh i'm picturing like instagram carousel <laughs> when this episode comes out but like he's always he's always been part of our home like i've always just seen like the statue of this naked guy as a kid and like it was just always what this says like revered as art like the mm -hmm. human form not to be um shamed it's just something beautiful and artistic our bodies are crazy right we don't even have like the scope like i just just as like philistines yeah. we don't even have a scope of what our bodies are capable of but just thinking about like how it mends itself and how we hold it's like one complete piece but we have holes here and there we have orifices that hold everything together and like orifices say <laughs> bringing it back to episode two bringing it back oh i think we should both uh on the patreon maybe uh, post some of our old life drawing class drawings all right you have yours i have three i have two or three okay. yeah. yeah i have i have i was at my parents house like in their attic they were just like throwing some stuff out and reorganizing and organ like organizing stuff and my dad made like a little shelf of like um that you could put like big newspaper print pads in like Ooh. like a like a flat file link system yeah and i was over there recently like probably in the past few months or so looking through all my old art pads or, like my old they've my parents have kept every art pad that i've had from that's really nice school. and i was going through some of my old drawings and i was like wow these are pretty pretty decent for i want to see yeah so maybe uh, maybe we can post them up on the patreon I would like that. Do we feel like taking a break? Yeah, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about more nudity in Wicca and Pilgrim. <laughs> we're going to talk about all the Nakey stuff. Nakey. Uh, more, more stuff about Gerald Gardner. A few simple steps that can help you arrange an erotic sky-clad frolic. Oh, so, all right. All that, all that and more when we return. We'll be right back. Hey, little witches. 
The scene is here. If you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you would know how much we love using the Practical Magic Inner Witch Oracle Deck by Grounded by the Moon. And now we want to share the magic of Grounded by the Moon with you, our listeners. Joseph Benitez Egerton, the creator behind Grounded by the Moon, would like to offer this very special 10% off discount to all who wish to experience the magic of his Practical Magic-themed tarot and oracle decks. But that's not all. He also creates other divination tools like tarot workbooks, deck bags and altar cloths, pendulum kits, oil blends, cleansing sprays, smoke wands, teas, and ritual kits. And let's not forget about his custom handcrafted all-natural soy candles where every candle is hand-poured and personally infused and charged under the light of the moon. They even come with a crystal. And did we mention all of the ingredients in the candles are ethically sourced? All of Joseph's offerings are just so magical. So go visit groundedbythemoon.com and use the coupon code MAGNOLIAMAGIC for 10% off your entire order at checkout. That's M-A-G-N-O-L-I-A-M-A-G-I-C. So get your discount today. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to do a card pull. We're going to do a card pull. All right. Go. Let me know when to stop. Stop. We got the house? Family home. Wow. Sacred space. Okay. Is the keyword sacred space. So I already, I'm already getting kind of like a idea of what mm-hmm. this could possibly mean for this episode for mm-hmm. naked 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 the family home okay so the keywords on this card sacred space and connected it says what the f- hold on what is that that's my phone <laughs> <laughs> that's my whistling that's my ringtone wow the aliens are coming for us wow So it says, now is the time to create and designate a sacred space. If you already have one, then take your time to rededicate or cleanse your existing one. Everybody needs that place to reflect and purify. The sacred space card is calling out to you, asking you to reach out and connect to the divine. Reside in your comfort and securities. They are your solitude, and this is what you need to embrace. Use this space and energy to heal and harmonize yourself. Calm yourself, relax your mind, clear your worries, collect your thoughts, and connect to higher guiding energetic influences. Utilize the power of your altar, light a white candle to help cleanse and enhance your connections. And the mantra on this card is, I am collected, conscious, and calm in my sacred space. I'm seeing a little bit of a connection between this, the meaning of this card, and being in the nude and how we were talking about how when we are in the nude we're conditioned we've been conditioned to feel insecure to feel like we need to cover up like um you're very vulnerable you're in a very vulnerable state when you're naked so creating being able to create some kind of like ritualistic sacred altar space like a little place in your house or if you do have a section outside in the woods under the moonlight beautiful it doesn't have to be that but if you have that that's awesome but when you're in that space just being in the mindset that you are protected you're in your own little bubble of safety even as vulnerable as you might feel 
if you are doing your work sky clad just just being comfortable in your vulnerability you know just creating that space where you can be you can be nude and you can be comfortable and you don't feel like you're like oh i have to cover up you know this is your magic this is your work like you can you can do this in the nude if you want to and connect with the earth because this we came into the world this way exactly we weren't born with clothes on but you know what's really weird we leave the world with clothes on i know that is strange i was thinking when you right? do pass away they have to disrobe you to clean you and prep you but yeah you are clothed you're put in a metal box in uh-huh. the ground yeah there's such that, a disconnect with death something about that seems very unnatural right agreed i agree I, the companies now that do the natural decomposition i think are so cool Mm-hmm. They have the big box that, you know, that they're put, the family members put into, and then the family is welcome to come and put in flowers and um, things that can decompose with the body. And like, you know, it takes a while, but then you're given, you know, those remains mm-hmm. to plant or do with what you will. I think yeah. that's really beautiful. I would love to be a tree. The hell was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say that it doesn't, you don't have to go like balls to the wall and straight up nude to begin with like in my case like just getting Fun. outside without shoes on is a start i'm laughing at i don't even think you did that intentionally but you're like balls to the wall and i'm like well yeah you're naked so there's gonna be balls flying somewhere <laughs> unintentional <sighs> so funny um just having no socks on start with having no socks or putting shorts on having a little, you know, a tank top on something, just working in your bra, like start out slow. It doesn't have, you know, you don't have to be stripping all the way down. If you're trying to work more with Skyclad, you can go slowly. That in essence, I think was the perfect card to pick for this. Yeah. Because yeah, you're creating that sacred space and you want to feel protected when you're at your most vulnerable, if you're doing your magic that way. And my home is my safe space, mm-hmm. you know, definitely. Yeah. I'm sure others are too. My bathroom is my safe. I love like You're always taking, in your a nice, taking a nice bath around the full moon. Like that's yeah. my way. If I'm going to do any kind of sky cloud magic, that's the way that I'm going to do my, my Mickey magic. Uh-huh. There's a uh, witchy bath and body shop, New Jersey based, by the way, mm-hmm. called Witch Baby. And they sell all bath and body products intentional to use during your bath time witchy rituals you know what their slogan is it's amazing get naked do witchcraft i like that it's really stinking cute cute. it's so cute so like i bought they have like beautiful bath soaks they have um just like you know soaps just lotions potions bath and body products anything that you uh want to use in your Full moon rituals, new moon rituals, whatever you want to use it for. Um, But it is run by a practicing witch. And it's just a really, really cool thing that she's got going on. She's got two, I think two locations. If you're in New Jersey, check out um, Witch Baby in, there's one in Red Bank. And then there's also one in, I think either Cranford or Clark. I've been to the one in Red Bank and I always love, I love going there. Not sponsored, but man, I wish we were. Not sponsored, but like I've been there. I love their products. I bought multiple things from there and I love everything that I've ever purchased from there. Do they have an online store? I think they do. Um, She's definitely on Instagram. Okay. 
Um, but we'll link it below. I think it's called Witch Baby Soap. All right. All right. Where is this? This is from felicitiesblog.com. You want to tell us a brief history on nudity in Wicca? Okay. Nudity in Wicca and Paganism, Part 1, A Brief History. And this is by Liam Cyphrin and Carolyn Tully. So a fig leaf, this, this uh, topic is a fig leaf of our imagination. There are countless quirks about humans, but one of the real doozies that are most confused, divided, and downright ditzy when it comes to their own physical nature. To millions, the human body, in its natural state, is embarrassing, shameful, indecent, or undignified. Hold on. Do you hear that bird outside my window? I do. It's okay. I'm going to close the window. Hold on. Poor Punky. I know. He's like... Where's that baby? Meow, meow. Meow, meow. I want it. I want lunch. <laughs> I want it. Okay, so where did I leave off? The human body in its natural state is embarrassing, shameful, indecent, or undignified. Its exposure provokes hostility, fear, nervous laughter, or mockery. It threatens social standing, challenges order, infringes laws, and is often punished with a severity bizarrely incommensurate with the offense. I almost did get cited with indecent exposure when I was <gasps> like 16. What would you do? What's the story? My boyfriend and I were like, we weren't having sex. We were snuggling in the woods under a blanket without tops on. And a cop came by and put (gasps) us in the back of his cop car. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. I was bawling. This is the same boyfriend I have the story about later on. Oh, gee. With the the haunting? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Continue. This is just, just, this guy's just a rabbit hole. Uh Uh-huh. Can't wait to hear about this. Um, So the really odd thing about this is that it's not generally considered odd at all. The necessity of concealing... (laughs) You hear him? Yeah. I'm sorry, everybody. My cat... (laughs) My cat's having an orgasm. (laughs) (sighs) Um... The necessity of concealing bits of the human body is taken for granted in precisely the same way that they need to provide animals with trousers isn't. And they call pagans irrational and superstitious. Witches, druids, and pagans of many other species tend to be among the minority who don't buy into humanity's alienation from its unembellished form, recognizing this to be both symbolic and symptomatic of a desperately unhealthy estrangement from nature. Partly for that reason, as you're reading this, several thousand witches and pagans around the world will be casting their circles, wearing no more than what they wore in the womb. Not all pagans regularly work skyclad. Some do when alone, but not in shared circles. Many alternate between skyclad and robed workings, and others always work in clothing of some sort, but most respect the practice and consider it a valid element of the modern pagan tradition. If nothing else, this shows a spirit of determination, given that it is often cited by opponents of the pagan path as evidence of chronic, quote, up to no goodness, mm-hmm. end quote. Acknowledging this, some groups, especially in the U.S., have chosen to downplay or totally abandon skyclad working. For many in the old religion, however, it remains as much a part of the path as such other, quote, unpopular elements as spellcasting, individual approaches to deity, and the troublesome words 
pagan and witch itself. Mm -hmm. Let's consider the lineage of ideas that led to this conclusion. Those disapproving of ritual nudity often argue that the practice has no significance historical precedent in either religion or magic. Leaving aside the issue of whether this has any, for want of a better word, bearing on the effectiveness of skyclad witchery, it is true that, although attitudes toward nakedness have varied enormously in different times and places, religions in which nudity is an essential part seem to have been thin on the ground. Patty Slade, one well-respected witch with disparaging slightly granny- wait, what? <laughs> um, what? Yeah, I don't understand that. That was uh, slightly granny weatherwaxish. Okay, Who's granny weatherwax. Look that up. All right. I'm so Patty Slade, one well-respected witch with disparaging slightly granny weatherwaxish attitude towards nudity as a Wiccan dress option, maintains that no tribe, primitive or otherwise, goes to meet its god unclothed. Didn't we just say that? Well, no tribe primitive or otherwise goes to meet its god unclothed. Oh yeah, you and I just said. Yeah, we just that. we were just talking about. It's just yeah. weird that like we come into this world naked, but we leave clothed. Granny Weatherwax is a fictional character. Esmeralda Esme Weatherwax, fictional character in Terry Pratchett's Discworld series. She is a witch and a member of a coven. She is self-appointed guardian of her small county and free. What book is that? Discworld, D-I-S-C-W-O-R-L-D. Let mm -hmm. me see if there are any other matches because that's the very first one that came up. How powerful is Granny Weatherwax? There's quotes from them, I guess. Okay, it's a Terry Pratchett character. Okay. 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 No tribe primitive or otherwise goes to meet its god unclothed. That's from Natural Magic by Hamlin, 1990. This would seem to be a wee bit of an exaggeration. The idea of ritual nudity is an old one being found in ancient cultures of places such as Pompeii, Greece, India, Rome, Persia, and Britain. The mother goddess of Calcutta in India, Kali, is usually represented as nude, and she is said to be digamba, a Sanskrit word meaning clothed in space. Pliny the Elder, in his Naturalis Historia, records that the women of ancient Britain performed their religious rites in the nude. Such traditions notwithstanding, Ronald Hutton, professor of history at the University of Bristol, was initially of an opinion similar to that of Ms. Slade. However, in his appealingly titled essay, A Modest Look at Ritual Nudity, included in his Witches, Druids, and King Arthur, Hambledon and London 2003, he modified his position in the light of continued research. In that piece, he lists a few historical precedents for Wiccan naked gatherings, generally among minor 14th and 15th century sects, such as the Turlupins of France, the Men of Intelligence of the Netherlands, and the Adamites of Bohemia, before concluding that the craft is, quote, not unique in this respect, although it is unusual, quote. Ritual nudity does, Professor Hutton acknowledges, regularly feature in rites of passage, particularly initiations, which leads him to offer the tentative theory that one of its purposes in the craft is to, quote, sustain throughout all its workings the intensity and transformative power of initiatory experiences, end quote. He finds it more significant, though, that while nakedness in religion is about as common as integrity in politics, uh. nudity... In magical lore and practice is widespread both globally and historically. 
For example, there is an old English idea that a woman can be cured of infertility by walking about nude in her vegetable garden on Midsummer's Eve. Hey. A summer solstice. (laughs) (laughs) So the most casual research into traditional spellcraft and the representation of witchcraft in art and literature confirms the point and the often repeated line in, here's this book again, Aradia by Charles G. Leland in 1899, exhorting witches to, quote, be naked in your rights, both men and women, end quote, is simply one of the more obvious statements of the principle. In many cases, though, such folkloric mentions of nudity weren't intended as sociological observations as much as evidence of the depravity of the witches or heretics, supposed savages, or a little later, the hippies, mm-hmm. or the ferals, or trouserless animals, <laughs> etc., which people deemed them. Accordingly, they may be no more reliable than the occasionally attendant charges of cannibalism, shape-shifting, and broomstick aviation. (laughs) Some corroboration, however, might be found in other, less accusative descriptions of sorcerous activities in which nakedness still plays a part. In these instances, the absence of clothing is often just one of several reversals of the normal social order used in the working. Fair is foul, foul is fair, and naked is perfectly normal. The concept of social reversals remains a force within the craft. When our sense of ownership of our bodies is challenged by laws or other imposed codes of behavior, reclaiming it can be a source of personal and magical power. As Australian witch, priestess, and suspected elf, (laughs) Amargi Wolf puts it like this. The breaking of taboo can help put you in a headspace where anything might be possible even for those of us who are inclined not to wear clothes whenever we can get away with it on a day-to-day basis, society's conditioning regarding nudity is a strong force to be played with. This mightn't be exactly how it would have been conceptualized by a 17th century farm girl performing a love spell, yes, the politically incorrect sort, most likely, naked beneath a waxing moon, but she'd still have been aware of being in a strange and invigorating situation in which mundane reality was kept at bay and the possibility of her spells bringing results seemed well within the bounds of exception. Um, And that reminds me of um, The Witch, the movie The Witch, you know, at the end when she decides to live deliciously and Black Phillip leads her through the woods into a circle of naked witches who just ascend to their higher self. That's my favorite part of that movie, by the way. Like, I, I love that ending. The ending it's just is the, the acceptance. Yeah. It's like, well, I guess I am. I guess I am. Yeah. I love that movie. I think right. I, at first watching it, I was like, this is, you know, it's kind of like, a little spooky little creepy but at the end you're like yes it's coming together (laughs) yeah yeah coming together this one this little section is called gerald gardner in the bear witch project i love that (laughs) the bear witch project (laughs) b-a-r-e bear i love it Skyclad bodies abound in pre-20th century folkloric accounts of spellcraft and divination. They're equally common in several other major influences on the craft, such as fairy lore and imaginary and classical art. It's nevertheless not uncommon to read that today's naked witch exists solely because Gerald Gardner, one of the craft's most significant revitalizers, happened to be a card-carrying, sun-soaking, bottom-barren naturist. <laughs> Likely question mark let's see 
If we consider today's nudist organizations, the more conservative of which still fall over themselves to project an image of utter normalcy. Once the dress code is overlooked, their significance to the craft might seem strange. In the 1930s, however, naturism, I always want to say naturalism. Are they not the same thing? I don't think so. Okay. Naturism was a new, rather radical, esoteric movement possessed of a strong spiritual dimension. Its earliest forms in Germany typically embraced a reverence for nature, a longing for the pre-industrial past, and the promotion of physical fitness, often expressed through abstinence, vegetarianism, and exercise regimens that would make the average Thai bow trainer run for cover. Much of the movement's spiritual spiritual spirituality <laughs> spirituality seemed to slip away in the 60s and 70s only to find a new home in various nude friendly offshoots of hippiedom from australia's down-to-earth co-op and osho's communes to emerging pagan organizations such as the church of all worlds in gardner's time naturism was becoming a little worldlier but still attracted many artists poets bohemians and occultists among his naturists contemporaries were Several of his original co-coveners, including probably ooh, his ini- initiatrix, probably Edith Woodford Grimes, Ross Nichols, founder of the Order of the Bards, Ovates, and Druids, Harry Bingham, a major pagan influence on the already paganish order of woodcraft chivalry, chivalry? poet and former Crowley associate. I was wondering when he would come up, <laughs> right? Because he was a big proponent of uh-huh. butt stuff. Victor Nuremberg. <laughs> I think last podcast on the left on the left does a really like a multi part um series about Aleister Crowley. Oh shit! Yeah, it's very good. Oh, cool. Victor Nuremberg and possibly even Dion Fortune, whose fraternity of the Inner Light own property at the Brickwood Nudist Club, was frequented by Gardner and Nichols. For more on on this, see Philip Heselton's Gerald Gardner and the Cauldron of Inspiration. So linked were naturism and paganism at the time that it became a standing joke in England to mix the metaphorical and literal sense of the expression, quote unquote, sun worshippers, when talking about nudist venues. Even as late as 1984, the male lead in a nudist promotional film called Educating Julie fastidiously warned his girlfriend about visiting a sun club claiming, quote, they worship these strange sun gods and have ritual dances in the woods, a suggestion later labeled as daft by a club member. Uh, before we move on to those two paragraphs, real quick. So they're talking about these sun worshipers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess sun worshipers were synonymous with these nudists. If we take a look at the the sun card of the Rider Waite tarot, okay. the figure on that card is naked. Really? Yeah. It's a figure, it's a naked figure, childlike figure. Oh, you're riding right. on a horse, a white horse. So the white horse, I think, symbolizes that spirituality ascending to one's higher sense of self, that uninhibited. I think the keywords of the card are like joy, radiance, mm-hmm. uninhibition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes sense that they're linking these, quote, nudists to sun worshippers. When that, that card is so visually yeah, full I don't know. of that, right. what they're going for. I don't know if it has anything to do with the imagery on the tarot card, but that's the link I made in my mind when I we just read that just now. It's like, perfect, oh, yeah. Interesting, yeah. That's one of my favorite cards, by the way. It's just like so like 
what so I'm happy. happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's innocence it of is. joy. Yeah, like it's it's not being shameful of your uninhibited nature. Mm-hmm. It's just like throwing caution to the wind and saying, I'm here in all my naked ass glory. Yeah. And I'm a beautiful glory. child of the earth and I'm just soaking it all in. Yeah. So um, attempts to reunite the naked and the sacred weren't pervasive in the magical community of Gardner's time, but they were an influential undercurrent. Garner emphasized the idea's importance within the craft, as Bingham did in his area of paganism and fortune, and Nichols didn't in theirs. Although Nichols' successor, Philip Carr Gom, championed skyclad druidry on the Order's website and is the author of the excellent A Brief History of Nakedness uh, by Reaction Books in 2010, but to claim that old Gerald introduced the concept to his community is a little like suggesting that Norman Lindsay introduced the cheerful, nude, cluttered, and defiantly pagan imagery of his etchings to the world of art. I've never heard of a brief history of nakedness, but that's probably another rabbit hole. <laughs> um, so in the end, quote, Gerald made us do it, end quote. Arguments against the use of the skyclad ritual become unraveled when they take into account that universal quality of witches their fondness for making up their own minds. Most Wiccans have, for example, long since jettisoned the endless binding and scourging that swamped Gardner's early rites. Ritual nudity, however, retains its currency. Robes, costumes, and street clothes are more common at craft gatherings than they once were. As the craft takes on open circles, rituals in public places, and so on, but the naked witch is far from being an endangered species. I think, like, I think sky doing magic skyclad. I don't know. I'm not a. I don't join any covens. I'm not like a group magic worker. I'm very solitary, so I don't know what goes on in group settings. But I don't know. I feel like maybe skyclad work is has big become reserved for more solitary practitioners. You think so? Um because of those restrictions in public settings. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Possibly. And then now we have an article called All About Skyclad by Sheila Ardrian. Oh, it's spelled slightly different. That r- reminded me of the book title we were just talking about. It does, right? It's Ad- a, yeah. Adarian? Yeah, yeah. I did I that on it, purpose. I thought it was the same thing, but I guess not. <laughs> so if there's one thing that everybody knows about pagans, it's this. They dance naked in the woods. No matter how much you try to explain that not all covens do that, it's an image that sticks in everybody's mind. Pretty soon you start to wonder if there might be something to it after all. Well, there is. Why go skyclad? People have been worshipping naked for a long time. Judging from the pictures we see on some cave walls, our ancestors probably worshipped naked before they worshipped clothed. Certain ritual activities are greatly facilitated by nudity. For example, some Native American tribes have a sweat lodge ceremony, such as the Lakota, in Nippi, where they pour water on hot rocks for purification. Everyone crawls into the lodge naked. For this reason, men and women traditionally have separated sweat lodges. So would you believe that Christians once practiced ritual nudity? They sure did. In early times, the sacrament of baptism was performed naked. Both the what? priest and the person seeking baptism would disrobe before entering the water. Why? Yeah, yeah, what? Plus, the witnessing congregation usually included both men and women. Sadly, this tradition died 
out died out after a few centuries. Ascetic monks may give up worldly goods up to and including their clothes. The, the Digambras, a sect of, of Jainists, practice spiritual detachment by going naked, even in public. The name Digambra literally means skyclad, and this is believed to be the source of the modern pagan term. There are also written records and pictures of, wish, of witches worshipping naked. Most of these are from unreliable biased sources. But we do have Leland's Aradia, Gospel of the Witches, originally published in 1890, which suggests that Italian witches called strega practiced their rites nude. Many of today's witches who wish to practice new look back to Leland for inspiration. He writes, speaking as the goddess. It says, and ye shall all be freed from slavery, and so ye shall be free in everything. And as the sign that ye are truly free, ye shall be naked in your rights, both, when, both men and women also. A similar command appears in Doreen Valiente's version of the Charge of the Goddess, later adapted in many variations. Although not all pagans are witches, ritual nudity has spread far beyond Wicca. After all, some rules are fun to follow. Many people believe that magic moves more strongly and smoothly when there's nothing getting in its way. As Gerald Gardner explains, in a sky-clad ritual, when power is given off, the flow is more easy and regular. Rick Johnson adds, Quote, the magical reason for nudity is that anything worn upon the body will interfere with and change the energy given off by the body. This includes clothes, makeup, perfumes, jewelry, glasses, contact lenses, and so on. Other folks feel that skyclad improves safety because there is no fabric to trip over or to set on fire. That's a really <laughs> good point. Yeah. Experiences of witches all over the world often report that naked is safer. You are more aware of where the candles are when you begin to feel the heat as opposed to not detecting the heat of a fire until your robe is engulfed in flames. Oh my god. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, that is a legitimate concern, right? Um, naked people step more carefully and bang into the altar and others far less frequently than clothed witches. Gardner agrees. When dancing, you are free and unconfined. Yet another reason going skyclad puts people in the right headspace, too. Gardner says, It is most important of all that there is not the slightest thing to divert the attention. Apparently, he didn't find naked people distracting. Johnson notes several effects. The person must accept themselves as they are or change themselves. And to be naked indicates freedom from conventional mundane thought. You are free to place your mind into a sphere of magical thought where anything is possible. Removing status symbols brings down barriers, Johnson says. Equality between class and gender is assured when naked, as the rich no longer have jewels to show their class worth. Women must face men as equals, both showing their inadequacies and realizing that the other sex is just as physically imperfect as you are. With this barrier down, men and women can accept each other as equals. According to Starhawk, nudity likewise encourages honesty, trust, loyalty, and bonding within a group. Most importantly to our discussion here, the sight and, and feel of a lover's nude body can excite both, generating a tremendous surge of magical power. Although generally an advocate of demure nudity, Garner admits that, quote, the touch of the body of your beloved thrills your inmost soul, and so your body gives out its utmost power. I like the title of this next portion. Oh, God. <laughs> naked to naked. You can take this. Naked. What were you going to say? I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I was just going to say um, that last bit right there where he's talking about, um, I guess, doing nude magic with your partner 
with your mm-hmm. lover at that point that's kind of that's now we're moving from just sky clad to into more of like sex magic territory mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i mean obviously sky clad is a proponent of both <laughs> sure yeah I, i'm trying to now think how we can incorporate sky, um sex magic into any topic right like, how do we deep dive on that next well for one i'm sure jillian has used that quite a bit her yeah her sexuality yeah she's we can... so in touch with her sexuality mm-hmm. i'm sure she's used it at some point uh yeah so i guess we'll we'll get to talk about that what again. if what if she actually used it on jimmy and that's why he's so obsessed with her obsessed why are you so obsessed with me why are you so obsessed with me <laughs> nice no is that mariah all right this is from naked to naked According to Wiccan tradition, going skyclad means going before God and goddess as they sent you to this world. It sets aside everyday concerns like, damn, she's got a great pair of knockers. <laughs> All of us stand equal in the circle. It is an occasion of solemn spiritual celebration. It is not an occasion to point or poke fun or make personal remarks like, he is really hung. I mean, this guy could compete with Schlepnir. Um, <laughs> that was that Norse horse. God, oh my God. I think. <laughs> who are we fooling? Nobody. That's who it says. When people get naked together, if they're not used to seeing naked people all the time, they're going to look. And if they look, sometimes they're going to like what they see. In paganism, that's okay. Pagans generally aren't prudes. Our religion is one of love and sometimes lust. That's not an excuse to slobber all over the unwilling or the happily handfasted, but it does mean that you don't have to feel guilty about finding other people's bodies attractive. Serious worship is all to the well and good, so are body rights. You can be naked in ritual and have it mean nothing more than, quote, worship with your clothes off. Alternatively, you can get what I like to call as naked. Which means you've got your clothes off and you're doing something sexy. The Wheel of the Year includes several holidays where naked is perfectly appropriate. Ostara, Beltane, and Letha especially. And there are many more choices such as Lupercalia. You heard of Lupercalia? Uh-huh. Vernalia and Radha's Day. Um, So real quick, Lupercalia, that's an ancient pagan festival held in each, each year in Rome on February 15th. Although Valentine's Day shares its name with the martyred Christian saint, some historians believe that the holiday is actually an offshoot of Lupercalia. So it's like around the same time as Valentine's Day, basically. I think we talked about this in our Love Spell episode. I think we did too. Some other occasions lend themselves well to such earthly entertainment like hand fasting. And if it's just you and your sweetheart or sweethearts, then anything goes. A few simple steps can help you arrange an erotic skyclad frolic. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Make sure all the participants understand that this will be a naked event rather than a naked event and that everyone is of legal age. Hold your ritual in a comfortable private place with a warm atmosphere and like literally like you don't want to do this on like midwinter. No. (laughs) For outdoor activities, consider exempting shoes from the quote no clothes rule to protect tender feet from rocks and other sharp objects. Justina. Provide blankets to fit or lie on. I don't have to worry about that. I told you. My feet are rawhide at this point. Nothing's getting through those babies. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to wear my new balances. But, Christina, (laughs) frolicking outside. They're so sexy, though. Come on. 
feel free to wear your new balances, guys, if you want to. Feel free. Okay. Put some safer sex supplies on the altar in case people decide to celebrate the great right for real. Begin with fun physical activities to help people feel more, quote, at home in their bodies such as yoga, body painting, or back rubs. Include ritual lines praising the male and female bodies as found in many sacred texts. Also encourage participants to praise each other's bodies too. Everybody likes to hear how sexy they are. If you have never worshipped Skyclad before, consider giving it a try. You can practice alone with a partner or as part of a group. Make your ritual as serious or as sensual as you want. Experiment! <laughs> Remember that your body is your temple and you are the high priestess or high priest of it. How you decorate that temple and worship in it is entirely up to you. So have fun. It's always your, again, up to you. You are the one to give consent. If it's not for you, you don't have to do it. But if it's for you, like we said, you can take the baby steps. You can just start with your underwear and bra and see how you feel and then work your way up. Yeah, or if you and if you don't want to do this outdoors or in the woods, as is so common, that's such a common, I guess, trope. Like that's the trope we always see in the films, the TV, and the movies. But you can do this in the comfort of like your bedroom, your bathroom. Start because the bathroom is the most accepted place to be nude in today's society, right? So if you want to reserve it for your little full moon ritual for like a bath time ritual you could start with something like that too i wanted to pull out Bersidia rhyme because i was like <laughs> i know like it's very common to have dreams about being naked uh-huh all that's missing now is me naked without my homework you know? uh <laughs> yeah so. yeah and like that's such a, a, a popular dream is like being on stage naked in front of a t an entire audience have you had that dream before i know i have yes so Bersidia says, if you are visualizing yourself naked in a dream, that within two days, someone will find you sexually attractive and they will make their interests known to you. This person will aggressively seek a sexual relationship and will offer you a permanent relationship. If you choose to go in this direction, you will be emotionally satisfied beyond your expectations. That's not what I was expecting. Yeah. But she yeah. always gives those like, those uh, very specific time frames. Mm -hmm. Like two Three days. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it was a positive one, you know? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. But, like, when you think of, like, being naked in your dreams, like, that's usually a, self, a thing of self-conscious. You're worried about something. You're, yeah. You're worried about being vulnerable, like we talked about. Yeah. So that's interesting. I think, I think we all, that's a very normal feeling. Like, we all, we all feel that in some way, being vulnerable yeah. or, you know. Is there anything else that we wanted to talk about i love that the aunts are pro skyclad mm -hmm. i love that i love that they are instilling um that in the younger girls that it is totally normal yeah. love your body indulge in chocolate cake and brownies mm -hmm. love yourself um you know i think that's really powerful i love their yolo mentality um, I but know. if we think about it like they grew they came up in like the 60s and the 70s where that mm -hmm. like free love or like mm -hmm. you know it's they came from a time period where it was more socially acceptable to be more uninhibited yeah i like how they're passing on they're passing the torch so to speak i don't think either of them maybe vincent but i don't really think either of them were like let's go to woodstock you know right but jet did have that lsd experience so she did so yeah, she did. who's to say that you know, 
don't the girls skinny dip in leech lake i think there's a little bit of nudity but it's not in the context of magic though right right and then at the end of book of magic i think jillian and sally do also because then at the end jillian or sally can sink and jillian can't and she's oh they go to leech lake and have a swim they do that naked i don't remember i think they do do naked yeah naked 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 Naked. there's a (laughs) poster this is really cute hold on i'm gonna send you this link on allposters.com, there's a poster called Five Sky-Clad Fairies Dance in the Air Above a Lake. This okay. is adorable. It's just fairies dancing. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. The very I, Art Nouveau. Like, I would love to put, like, this print in my bathroom. Do it. Right? Isn't that cute? Naked fairies. Naked. We'll link it. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find us on Instagram at Magnolia Street Podcast. We would love any reviews you want to give us. You can review the individual episodes. You can just send us like, hey, you're doing a great job on Instagram. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and you can support the podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash Magnolia Street Podcast. We have tiers ranging between $1, $1 and $15. Um, for the $1, you can get in on our patron-only polls. You help us decide what we want to talk about next. We give you a nice little Patreon shout-out on the episode. And please send us your feedback and anything anything you guys want to want to tell us, any comments, mm-hmm. questions, input. Did we miss anything on mm-hmm. any of any topics you've heard us talk about? We love to hear your feedback and we love reading them on the show. So mm-hmm. definitely send us your feedback to Magnolia Street Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and we got tons of other tiers on Patreon, but you can head over there and check them out if you want to you want to support us over there. I think that's all we got for today. Go get naked, do witchcraft. Get naked, do witchcraft. Go go check out uh witch baby soap yeah we can't steal that slogan because i it's probably no, 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 no. it's probably tm tm whatever the fuck <laughs> don't come at us yeah um we have to come up with something else just be naked or don't just be naked <laughs> <laughs> just be naked period or don't <laughs> like go that. show the moon your taint <laughs> all right that's it that's all we got i'm justina i'm christina We'll see you next time. At that house down the street. At that house on Magnolia Street. Would you go down to Magnolia Street with the Wisteria Girl? one of those like (laughs) (laughs) goodbye bye